I'm not trying to box it up in any sort of cuisine. It's more about we just want to cook good, honest food from really great produce. Um, so really trying to connect with some great producers and that's been uh, what we're sort of focusing it all around. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. As careers develop, the opportunity to lead a team emerges for most in the industry. Timing that big leap to leader is no easy feat. But what is it like to then up the game and take on a venue with multiple offerings and a large team? Emrys Jones is the executive chef of the Porterhouse Hotel in Sydney. Emrys, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. It's good to get you on the show. You've got um, got a pretty busy role. The Porterhouse has got a lot of offerings. Give it gives a scale of uh, sort of what's going on. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's definitely a pretty full on job at the moment, but really exciting. Um, yeah, there's four levels to the Porterhouse venue itself, plus a 120 room hotel to the side. Um. Yeah, inside the four venues, so we have um, Henry's Bread and Wine, which is a small um, cafe, wine bar sort of feel, where we're just sort of knocking out some really good sandwiches and parfaits and terrines. Um, Then we've got Dixon's uh, Restaurant, which is a brasserie-style restaurant, so about 86 seats, um, where we're just trying to cook some real honest, nice-tasting food. And then we've got a couple of conferencing levels and then Spice Trader on the top floor, which is uh, going to open at the end of the month. So not, not quite open just yet. And that's a uh, cocktail bar uh, where we're just yeah going to be doing some snacks. You mentioned the 120 rooms as part of the Porter House. So you've uh, got experience, uh, which we can go into, in some pretty amazing restaurants. But what's it been like translating that into sort of room service offering? Yeah, I think my experience, I had a bit of experience at Qualia Resort as well. Um, so that definitely gave me a bit of a understanding of what would go on um, in terms of a hotel site. But definitely um, it's bit different um you know we have to make sure we get it done and um make sure that offering is still as good as you know what you're putting out to the restaurant it shouldn't um take any difference really i want to explore sort of what you're doing with the porterhouse uh hotel but take us back to when you were young what sort of role did food play in your family um so i'd say i'm not from a family of chefs or anything like that for sure um we're very simple upbringing a uh, small village in i peterborough where i grew up but what i would say about my family is they love to host and get in that hospitality of having lots of village friends around all the time and looking after them um, that was definitely um, what my family were about and i loved that uh, feeling of having everyone together enjoying themselves and having a good time with uh, plenty of uh, food and, and drink as well. <laughs> do, do you have any stories of, of um, one of the feasts or um, memories that you have from that time? I would say it was um, mainly like on a New Year's Eve would definitely be a big thing. And you'd have the, the basically there was about three restaurants inside the whole village and 
everyone would be at one. We uh, Toscanini used to be, so the whole village would go there, have this amazing meal all together, just nice Italian, and then um, head back home. And yeah, we'd have uh, family and friends around for till God knows what time. When did you first start to get interested in food and consider it for a career? Yeah, so I'd say I was about 15. I was like in my final years in school and um, my form tutor, she was uh, our food tech teacher and um, sort of really, really, she sort of helped mould me. I wasn't the best student, but she sort of helped me through and I really started taking a liking to the practical side of that rather than sitting in a classroom all day. Um, so that sort of started it. And then I, like a lot of chefs, got a couple of part-time jobs, one in a fish and chip shop and one in a little um, French restaurant um, where I was in there, yeah, washing dishes and then got to turn all the vegetables. And that was the start of it, really. What was the real sort of integral uh, venues that you worked at in the early years as you started to build your career? Yeah, so um, as I said, I got a part-time job. I was at a place called the Cherry House in Warrington where I lived. Uh, so, yes, the, taking a part-time job there and then went into catering college. And then the moment I left catering college, I um, was 18 years old and uh, headed down to London, got a job at uh, Gordon Ramsay's at Claridge's uh, when I was 18 and just jumped straight into it, really. Um, it was uh, definitely um, a tough job, but it was really eye-opening at 18 years old, uh, getting in there and really helped shape me as, I think, one of the chefs I am now in terms of hard work. I think once you've done that at 18, there's a uh, no going back. <laughs> There's been a lot of chefs go through um, various Gordon Ramsay restaurants, including Claridge's. Do you have any stories of, of what it was like in that kitchen? Yeah, I mean, it was um, a really tough kitchen, but really well drilled. We do 100 for lunch, 150 for dinner every day, seven-day offering. And, um, yeah, working, I mean, my my first chef to parties were Matt Abay, and uh, Tristan Farmer, Bo Cluxton, um, you know, they're now at the top of the of the game, you know. So they were uh, to have that experience teaching you on the section, um, you know, you just saw how they were working, um, just complete machines, and you wanted to aspire to be that. So I think in terms of work ethic, that really um, there was no nothing better. You spent a bit of time in France as well in Michelin star restaurants. Um, tell us about that time and was it quite different to your experiences in the UK? Yeah, so I worked with Arno Lallemont, um, who's a three Michelin star chef now. He was two at the time. Um, and then working with, um, yeah, very French kitchen. It was me and one other English guy in that team. Um, and then we actually took that and went on to work on his restaurant in the cruise ship um, as well. So I think um, very regimented, very um, the French, um, but again, that, that sort of really helped shape my career in being organized and 
getting that experience so young. In the UK, um, you worked with uh, the the Crown at Whitebrook. Um, was that was that a different style to what you did experience with Ramsey? Yeah, definitely. I think um, James Sommer and his cooking was. Um, a lot different, a lot more closer to, we were a lot more closer to the produce. That was where I really started to um, see, yeah, a bit more of that connection to the farmer and James would have really good connections to sourcing the produce and getting that, um, you know, that was where we would sort of get whole animals in and learn to break them down and use, use all of it. Rather than just seeing, you know, Chateaubriands come through the door, and <laughs> um, so that was really, yeah, great experience with with them in terms of like, yeah, really getting close to produce and learning more about where things were coming from and how we could also like help that side because I think it's really important, especially now. Um, yeah. What led to the move to Australia? Um, yeah, I think it was just before Christmas and I was sort of finished working on the cruise ship. So I still, still wanted to do travel though, but I wanted to actually go somewhere this time. And I was just searching through on, um, it was on the caterer websites like seek for hospitality in the UK. And, uh, yeah, there was, uh, ads in it said, come work on a tropical island, um, and it sound, sounded fantastic. And yeah, so I applied next minute, had a phone call from Ali Waddell. I think you were speaking to him not long ago. And, uh, he, um, yeah, called me up, said, come out. So I did. So that was, I flew into Sydney. I was in Sydney for an hour and then straight up to the, up to the wet Sundays. And yeah, five years later, I was still there. <laughs> Given the um, access to produce that you had in in the UK and in France as well, was was Australia a bit different? And were you surprised about what you experienced here? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've always had a real thing for wanting to cook really nice seafood. Um, and going up to Hamilton Island, like the seafood up there was just stuff that I'd never seen before. You know, we have great salmon and turbot and halibut back home, but seeing all these coral trouts come in and you know red emperors and all all of this and the marins and things and um that real side of it i thought was amazing like we would you know the fisherman is just across the the way um on the other side in early beach and um being able to get access to like seafood like that was incredible you scored a gig as head chef at uh, number five restaurant in Alexandria. How did that job come about and, and, and what was the role like for you? Yeah, so it came about sort of, so like I say, I was at five years at Qualia and sort of worked under three exec chefs and I was two at the time and my hat was in the ring there for that role at the time but um you know i had a good honest conversation with the general manager at the time kyle and said you know we're going to go with someone a bit more experienced and i said i completely get that but for me i need to try and go out and get that experience now so um i thought number five yeah was a really um it was a really cool space um it was a converted warehouse and like with the alexandria area really starting to pick up and so it was a good opportunity to go there and 
try and find my own style, try and find my own uh, sort of feel for cooking. And um, yeah, it was a um, really great experience. Um, we loved it. We, we, we did really well. We were, you know, from when we opened to um, when we left, um, I think we'd really made a bit of a mark in the, in the local community, had some great regulars coming in. And then, um, yeah, unfortunately, COVID just made it a little bit difficult to sustain for us in the end. Um, so it was better for, to, for myself to take a bit of time off and for the owners to sort of shut down for a little bit and then reopen. So. You mentioned that it was a chance for you to sort of um, broaden your knowledge and experience and um, work on your sort of voice on the plate. Tell us a bit about what you were doing there and, and how that changed in the time as head chef. Yeah, so I think um, what I found is I really like um, that Asian influence that as Australia has. Um, my training all the way through my career before coming to Australia was all classic French cooking. Um, something which I still enjoy doing, but being open to them flavors of Sydney and uh, Australia and that influence that comes from Asia and having such a great cultural mix, uh, especially in Sydney. Um, yeah, I really found that I enjoyed doing that. And, um, you know, my partners from Japan and going to Japan as well and, uh, dining across there is like some of the um, most amazing meals that I've had in just a little tiny izakaya that no one's heard of. And we really wanted to sort of found cook that sort of, um, yeah, just fun having food cooked over the coals and um, all them sort of soys and misos and seaweeds flavors, um, which I just, I love. You mentioned that um, you wanted to uh, broaden your horizons with seafood and Australia offered that opportunity and um, you scored a job with perhaps the um, most looked upon person on the globe at the moment in regards to seafood, Josh Nyland with the fish butchery. How did how did that come about and what was it like in, in that gig? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so lucky to have got that opportunity. Um, like I said, so COVID had just sort of, hit the second lockdown and I was yeah took a bit of time out and was like okay what am I going to do and um, I've been to visit St. Peter um, maybe three years prior just for dinner uh, met Josh and just straight away it's like you know man I want to work for this guy how do we work for this guy um, you know he took me down Fishbridge wasn't quite open yet um, but we were just a couple of customers me and my girlfriend and he um was telling us about it and he's like come on come with me took us up the road he's like looking so showing us in the window he's like this is gonna be uh you know fish butchery we're gonna break down the whole fish and i was like wow that sounds incredible <laughs> and and um so yeah always always wanted to try to get to know the guy and work for him and um yeah that opportunity came about um so just to go in and learn from them and what i would say is not only did i learn so much about um the fish and how to do it i think yeah the the people around there like um josh himself beck mans at st peter at the time um ben 
they're just great people that you want to work for. You want to work hard all the time. You want to do the best you can. You don't want to let them down. And I think um, learning that, that was a real um, experience in kind of that's the kind of leader I want to become as well. So going into this role now, that's um, definitely something I hope if I can imprint a little bit of that onto some of my staff, then, you know, I'm winning. We've had Josh on the, fo- the, on the show a couple of times. Um, t- take us into the fish butchery. You were head chef there in Waterloo. Um, is there any, were there any species or techniques or things that uh, really changed your thinking on seafood that you can share with us? I think, um, like, yeah, I wasn't, like, when we were at Hampton Island, um, yeah, we were just, like, cooking the fillet all the time and um, you might make a stock from the bones and stuff. But, yeah, being able to see that, like, there is, you know, you you can take the liver out. Why can't you saute the liver just like a chicken liver? Why can't you make a parfait from it? Why can't you, you know? Um, yeah, even and the Murray Cod stomachs, I think, was one that really, even at the time, I was still like, mm, not sure about this one, hey. But, um, yeah, it was salted them down and then confit them and then um, they're like, cut up for a dish in St. Peter um, and just so good. It's like this nice tender like tripe. Um, so good. Yeah, that's definitely so trying to use, utilize and use all of the fish um, definitely is something that I took away from that and that's what we try to do at the moment now. So when we make our terrines and parfaits down in Henry's, it's not just a pork terrine or that, uh, you know, it's if we've got the fish that we're using um, in Dixon's and we've got that produce to use, then we'll use it and we'll put it on the plate downstairs. Tell us a little bit about the Porterhouse Hotel. You've got a couple of different restaurant offerings. How do they differ from each other? Yeah, so downstairs is really more relaxed Um casual vibe um nice like after work drink spot um come get a really some really great sandwiches i think um that we're doing and just sort of daytime eating all day dining if you like um just real casual and then dixon's uh, restaurant is yeah sort of brasserie feel but um i wouldn't not trying to box it up in any sort of cuisine it's more about we just want to cook good honest food from really great produce Um, so really trying to connect with some great producers and um, suppliers and um, that's been uh, what we're sort of focusing it all around. Are there any um, producers that you can tell us about that you've made connections with that um, one might expect to see on the menus there? Yeah so I mean Ellen Dillon obviously at um, Newcastle Greens they're they're um, just fantastic growers and their produce is just amazing. So we love trying to um, each week get what we can from them and treat it with respect and and that. So even using um, some of the baby radishes and that as crudités, um, just think why play around with it? Just, you know, just great, um, great vegetables and we're just doing it really well. And then we're also connected with Feather and Bone um, and although it means we don't always have the same cut available every week, but 
because um, everything's, you know, they they don't want to over over source and that, which we really like feel strongly about trying to be sustainable. Um, so we'd rather take the time and get the quality product instead of something that's just been herded all together and we think we get a better result from that when you're running the kitchen of a um of one venue you can really have a singular focus on what you want to do but you've got multiple offerings going on how do you manage your team and and the different experiences yeah so i think um building the team um was really important from the start and um we're getting there (laughs) we're not we're not the finished article by a long shot but we're um got a great group of young guys in the kitchen and girls and um sort of found you know where where they fit in uh, uh, in inside the roles and giving yeah so separating we've got a team that look after henry's and all the conferencing and making all those sandwiches and stuff and then we've got a small team that does dixon's dinner a small breakfast team and i mean they're the real heroes they're up at 4 30 in the morning um i couldn't do what they do so um to them like making sure that that breakfast offering as well is just as good as what the dinner offering is so yeah dixon's also like doing breakfast for 120 rooms also external people are welcome um, so it's a pretty pretty big breakfast there. Uh, you mentioned that um, you came to Australia because you wanted to travel and the foundations of your career started in the UK. And um, wh- Why did you stay here? What is it about Australia and the industry that keeps you here? Yeah, just um, I was always fascinated with Australia when I was younger. Um, I remember one of my first cookbooks being Pierre. Um I remember watching the Australian cricket team win everything and um, just had a fascination for wanting to come to Australia, something about being on the other side of the world. Um, always spoke to me. And, uh, yeah, when I got the opportunity to come and then being here, I just think um, I fit in. I enjoy it here. I've made my best friends here. Um, and I think the people and just suits my life so um ended up saying why why go anywhere else <laughs> you're still in the process of building the offering at the porterhouse hotel um we're moving into uh summer and spring and um lots of people going out what should we expect and what are you looking forward to over the next sort of six months yeah i think we just want to um get our team together get and just get cooking really good food um and try and find our feet in in sydney and really we want to be a restaurant that is you know we want sydney ciders to come out and dine at the porterhouse we don't want it to just be um vacations um coming there we want to be known as a venue to come and dine not just a hotel so yeah we're just um i think it's really exciting time to be opening and Hopefully, um, you know, we have a really good Christmas and a really good summer and, yeah, just some really get the best produce. We can't wait for some of the, you know, summer produce to come out in spring. Um, so we've just got these beautiful um, Lamborn speckled peas off Newcastle Greens at the moment that we're doing with some burrata from Vanilla 
and um, just dressing that with a little mandarin vinegar. So simple but delicious, um, and that's what you can expect from us. Well, you're doing some exciting things there at the moment. What, what do you love about what you do? Yeah, it's, I love pleasing people. I think um, nothing better than you know someone coming in and I try to get out in the restaurant as much as I can and serve some of the customers and go say hello and hopefully they're enjoying the meal um, and that and seeing people really having a great time. Um, that's what I love about it, um, just pleasing um groups of people hopefully all my friends and family um can come and uh everyone else and hopefully i'll make more friends you know who come through the door well amaris uh, we look forward to seeing uh, what you do there at the porterhouse uh, we've loved having you on deep in the weeds to hear your story please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon thanks Huck. cheers all the best this is the deep in the weeds podcast i'm anthony huckstep Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.